Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Sometimes we get overwhelmed with the unfairness and injustice in this life. We look around us and find it hard to believe that we serve a God who is actually in control. But as Pastor J.D. reminds us today, we need to remember that this life is merely a vapor. Poof, it's over. Our true home is in heaven for all eternity. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 2nd, 2022. Today, I just want to talk with you about what it is that we can do, when, not if, when our hearts get overwhelmed, especially as we see this horrific beginning of the final prophetic chapter of human history. Now, it's important to understand that Bible prophecy is multifaceted in the sense that it provides us with information. However, we need to heed Bible prophecy vis-a-vis the application. As one so aptly said it, knowledge is just information, but Wisdom is the application of that information. By way of an illustration and explanation, we can all be guilty, myself especially, of getting caught up, pun intended, (laughs) in our knowledge of Bible prophecy, but miss the personal side of it. And I'll explain what I mean by the personal side of Bible prophecy. Just witnessing its fulfillment begin to come to pass, as it even now is, can be both unsettling and overwhelming. And I'll just be very open and candid with you and say that, like many of you, this is just overwhelming when you see everything that is happening. And it is unsettling as well. But thankfully, we need look no further than to the Word of God and the God of the Word, particularly the Psalms, and specifically Psalm 61, one of my favorite Psalms, along with the other 149 Psalms, but this one in particular. And I want to just read the first four verses. We are told that this Psalm, which is a song, by the way, 
was to be played on a stringed instrument, likely a harp. How calming and soothing would that be? And it was to the chief musician, many believe that is to the Lord Himself. And of course it is a psalm of David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. Listen to the words he pens by the Holy Spirit, beginning in verse 1. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Selah, which basically means just pause and catch your breath and take a breath and just let that kind of sink in and settle in. Selah. I wanted to start out this way because the current trajectory prophetically is an indicator of how it's likely to get infinitely worse in the new year. (laughs) Happy New Year. I have to tell you the truth, and I think you would agree, but God. But God hearkens unto the voice of our cry. From the end of the earth, as the rock higher than I, whenever my heart is overwhelmed, which as of late is sort of like all the time now. He is a shelter, and He is a strong tower from the enemy as I trust in the shelter of His wings. And in the end, and please note that David by the Holy Spirit is careful to include that which is to come yet future, that which awaits him and all of us with him, and that's eternal life. And sometimes I think we need to be reminded of that. It is a much needed reminder that we are going to live with Him for all eternity. He says, I will abide with Him forever. You know, for me personally, again, I'm just going to be very candid with you. I have to have a talk with myself. This is, I know they have clinical terms for this. It's not self-talk, it's talking with self. As oftentimes, by the way, David does in the Psalms, particularly 42 and 43, which many believe are actually one song, where he just says to himself, boy, sit down, we need to talk. And he has a talk with himself. And he says to himself, oh my soul, why be in such despair? For you will have reason to yet again praise the Lord. You be encouraged. He's talking to himself. I think some of us need to have a talk with ourselves and remind ourselves we're going to abide with him forever. Soon and very soon that trumpet's going to sound, man. Sooner than I, 
I think any of us think, and we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and forever be with the Lord. Are you kidding me right now? Well, be that as it may, for now, we're still in this world. (laughs) Not of the world, but in this world that we've long overstayed our welcome as Christians, as believers in and followers of Jesus Christ. And it does seem that it's getting more and more evil with each passing day. However, and please hear me out on this, this may actually be a good thing, even a God thing. And I'll explain how I get there. It's when adversity strikes, right? Isn't that when we're more likely to look to the Lord and trust in the Lord? Let me flip it around conversely. Isn't it true that when things are going pretty good that we're less prone to do that, if at all? I'm actually convinced, I've experienced this in my own life over the years, walking with the Lord, and certainly it bears true biblically, but to me this is one of the main reasons that God allows adversity to strike. If for no other reason, it's to get our attention, that which heretofore God has not had. But God needs to get our attention because there are things He wants to show to us and speak to us, and He wants to get our attention so He can. And when things are going good, He doesn't have our attention. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 14. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But, I wish it didn't say this, (laughs) in the day of adversity, stop and consider. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other, and here's why, so that man can find out nothing that will come after him, or as another translation renders it, therefore no one can discover anything about their future. In other words, God will package prosperity with adversity. And we're told why. Hey, when things are going good, praise the Lord, enjoy. It's the joy of the Lord. Don't apologize for it. God's blessing your life, prospering you. You're fruitful in joy. Praise the Lord. But, I wish it would have said something along the lines of, if by chance adversity should strike, or, you know, if there was to be any kind of adversity, but it's very emphatic. It's, it's like when. I tried to look it up in the original language to see if it was softer than that, and it's worse. Basically means it will happen, guaranteed. You can take it to the bank. So God will allow the adversity alongside with the prosperity, the the good times along with the bad times, so that we'll stop and consider our ways and turn our attention to Him and say, Lord, 
why are you allowing this? And what are you wanting me to see in this? And now God's like, okay, now I got your attention. Sorry, it had to come to this. I couldn't get it any other way. So I had to allow the adversity to strike. Now that I've got your attention, there's a couple of things I need to reveal to you. See, because when things are good, we just kind of take it for granted. And we sort of buy into this notion that it's always going to be good. Tomorrow's going to be good. And God's saying, no, I'm going to allow the adversity to not only get your attention, but it's also to get you to fully and totally rely upon me, because you don't know what the future holds. You know who holds the future. I know what the future holds, but you don't. So when you don't know, you go to the one who does know, and that's why God allows the adversity. He wants us to know. He wants to ready us and steady us for that which is prepared for us. He prepares us for that which is prepared for us, so we're not derailed and defeated, or worse yet, destroyed, when, not if, it hits, and it hits. So, what is it about what's coming that God wants to get our attention so He can speak into our lives? Well, it's not good. It's not good at all. And please know that I in no way wish to scare anyone. Rather, I only seek to prepare everyone for that which Bible prophecy says is coming, and I'll take it a step further and suggest in some measure it's already here. It's already beginning to come to pass. And it's for this reason that Scripture is replete with exhortations concerning this aforementioned application to take heed and be ready. That's the purpose of Bible prophecy, you know. It's so that we will take heed to the prophetic warnings of what's coming, and that we would be ready, not get ready. I am personally of the belief that there's no more time to get ready. I think today is the day that we need to be ready already. Kind of got a ring to it. If you'll kindly allow me to, I want to share with you three such prophecies concerning what's coming and what's already really here, that all of us would do well to not only hear, but also heed. Please hear me on this, because this is germane to our understanding of everything that I'm going to share with you today. There is a common denominator. Let's call it a trigger, if you will. And that trigger to all of these prophecies is this man-made crisis. Now let me qualify that. This is a man-made crisis that was unleashed 
on mankind. And it was, as we say, this evil plot that was hatched to rule the world, to reduce the population, and to ultimately destroy mankind. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, or politicians, or people, or left, or right, or... No, we wrestle against, Paul delineates four entities in Ephesians 6, all of which are in the spiritual realm of different rankings, with Satan at the head. And Jesus said that Satan's sole goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. And it should not come as really any surprise to us who know the Word of God, especially when it comes to Bible prophecy, that this was all foretold in Scripture. That at the time of the end, these things that we're witnessing now, as unsettling as they are, would come to pass. And they are coming to pass. So I'm going to talk about three, let's call them the big three if you want. And it is so important to understand that the trigger to execute, for lack of a better word, all of this was this, and I'm calling it this for a reason, man-made crisis, man-launched crisis. And it was pre-planned, as we know, many of us, for many decades. And it seems that this was the time in human history that the green light was given, and it was all systems go to unleash this thing and get this show on the road, if I can say it like that. The first one, and this is heartbreaking, and bear with me on this, is the condition of the church today. What if I told you that there are many passages, prophecies really, in the Bible that describe the condition of the church in the last days? What if I also told you that the condition of the church described in Bible prophecy in the last days is the condition of the church precisely today. I happened upon this WebMD article about churches requiring COVID vaccination in order to attend in-person services. I'm going to just read a couple of quotes. One Atlanta church says, you must have proof of COVID-19 vaccination to enter the building. The only exception is a doctor's note explaining why you can't get the vaccine. Along with vaccination, church members must have their temperature checked, sign a waiver, and wear a mask. I suppose this Fox News report on Monday about a CNN religious commentator advising unvaccinated people not to attend church should come as no surprise. If this weren't bad enough, also on Monday, and this is interesting, the New York Post published a report about 
how NASA has hired 24 theologians to study human reaction to aliens. Quoting, between heaven and earth, where do aliens fit in? Well, I, actually, I can answer that question. Pick me. They are demons. That's how they fit in. And this uh, revelation of aliens will be the explanation for the rapture. They were abducted by these aliens. Okay, so where do aliens fit in? That's the question that NASA hopes theologians at the Center for Theological Inquiry, CTI, in Princeton, New Jersey, can answer in a recent effort to understand how humans will react to news <laughs> that intelligent life exists on other planets. University of Cambridge religious scholar, Reverend Dr. Andrew Davison, is one of the 24 theologians enlisted to help with the project the Times UK reported last week. Davison's upcoming book, Astrobiology and Christian Doctrine, hang on to that, Astrobiology and Christian Doctrine, due out in 2022, according to the Times, will cover part of CTI and NASA's joint spiritual exploration in which his, quote, most significant question is how theologians would respond to the notion of, and I'm quoting and listen very carefully, the notion of there having been many incarnations of Christ in the universe. Wow! Jesus said exactly that. In fact, it's almost verbatim. Many apparitions of Christ, many Christs will come in my name. Do not be deceived. This is a deception on a satanic scale, and it's the likes of which we have never seen before in human history, nor will ever see again. And here's the thing, <laughs> the Bible says that this is exactly what will happen. One of those places the Bible says that this will happen is in Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 4. I want to read the first four verses. Now this is the end of Paul's life. It's the last words he will pen. And he says by the Holy Spirit to Timothy, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of, and notice the distinction between the two, his appearing and his kingdom. That's the rapture and the second coming. His appearing, rapture, and his kingdom, second coming. I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. You've been listening to a prophecy update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, 
Take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.